I want to go ahead and pray, uh, and, then, uh, and then we'll dive into Scripture this morning. Lord, thank you um, that we get to call you Father. Thank you that Jesus came to earth to show us that you aren't this distant God who doesn't care, but you are an ever-present God who enters into our life in very tangible ways, who wraps your arm around us and encourages us and loves us unconditionally. Lord, we are thankful that you are a dad, and we are glad to be your children. Help us find comfort in the fact that you're looking out for us, that you've got our back, and that you love us as a father loves. This morning, as we study your word, May you reveal your heart as a father to us, and may we find joy in celebrating the fathers around us and the responsibility to be a father to those around us. Give you praise and honor and glory, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Now, um, I've said it once. I'm going to say it again. Uh, Maybe. First slide. It should be. There we go. Fathers are made in the image of God. Right? And this one's pretty obvious. Like we, we're like, yeah, okay, because he's Father God, right? And so we wrestled with that a little bit on Mother's Day about how mothers are made in the image of God. Um, culturally, we don't really wrestle with this one. Fathers are made in the image of God. And so we're just going to get a little history here that we reviewed on Mother's Day, but we're going to review it today as well in case you weren't with us. In the beginning, right, there was absolutely nothing except God. And God said, I'm going to make some stuff. And so out of nothing, he made the world, and out of nothing, he made the planets that are out in existence, and the air that we breathe, and the grass that grows that we must mow, and all of the animals. And then into this beautiful creation, which he said was good, he created Adam and Eve, right? So that's the creation story. Male and female, both created in the image of God, right? both uniquely made in the image of God. But we know men and women are different, right? And so we know we differently carry, carry differently, we, whatever the grammar is there, we each carry a unique image of God within us, right? So men fulfill some aspects of the image of God and women fulfill other unique aspects of the image of God. But we are both in the image of God, male and female, he created them. And we differ in physical, mental, emotional characteristics, Okay? We are different, but we are made in the image of God. Now, sin entered the world into this beautiful paradise. Sin entered the world. Adam and Eve sinned. Now, this is the point in the story where I want to say who sinned first. Anybody want to? No. Everybody's laughing. They're like, we're not going to say it, right? Okay, so here's the reality. Adam and Eve both sinned. It wasn't that Eve ate the fruit gave it to her husband and then suddenly he sinned it's not like she took the fruit and then wandered around to find him in the original language we get the idea that adam was standing shoulder to shoulder with his wife while he let her break one of god's commandments and so we have this picture that adam sinned and eve sinned and then they sinned together right and now suddenly their fellowship with God was broken. The image of God still within them, but it was kind of veiled by sin. And so Adam and Eve panicked, and they did what any panicky person does. And they dive into the nearest bush, right? Because that feels great when you're naked. So you, <laughs> let's just be real. Like, I don't know how that was, and I don't know what kind of bush it was, but that would not have been my first response. Okay? 
So they dive into the bush and they hide from God the Father, who they had beautiful relationship with up until the point they got scared because of their sin. Now, sin has consequences, right? So God said, where are you? Where are you? I'm looking for you. Now, he knew where they were because he's God. But like a father, he went pursuing and he played that where are you game with his kids. And he said, I'm looking for you. Will you come out? And they quivering in the bushes, naked and scared. They said, we're, we're hiding from you because we, we did something we shouldn't have done. And he said, you ate from the tree, didn't you? Like he's a dad. He knows you can't lie. Parents, can I get an amen when your kids are talking to you? You know, right? How they're, because they are hiding in the bush, right? And you know what their tone of voice is. And, and, uh, and the good news is here, God came into their life, into their sin bush. And he said, I'm going to pull you out of the sin bush, okay? I'm going to sacrifice an animal, first sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins in the garden. He sacrificed an animal, covered them with skins so they would not feel shame. And then he said, now we got to have a talk, a parental talk. i got to talk to you about what you did and what the consequences of those things are going to be. Now, I love you so deeply, but there are consequences for sin. Can I get an amen? amen. Right? And so um, he said to the serpent, because Eve went immediately, it was that snake that was in the garden, not my fault. He spoke things to me and I ate. And so God said, okay, so the serpent, now you're going to slither on your belly for a while. The rest of your days okay and one day the descendants of adam and eve there will be a son and he will crush your head you'll nip at his heel but ultimately he'll deal you the fatal blow okay then he said eve man you're going to struggle in the family area for the rest of time it's just going to be a struggle for you and we talked about that on mother's day and then he turned to adam and he said adam you're going to struggle in leadership and labor it's going to be hard for you. It's going to be hard for you for the rest of your days to find the balance between tender, compassionate, and leadership. Between providing for your family and loving your family. From here on out, this is what you're going to struggle with. But I give you struggles so that your knees are always bent in my direction so that you fall to them and rely on me. And then he did the thing that everybody struggles with. He kicked him out of the garden. And he put a flaming sword in the hands of an angel guarding the tree of life. Like insult to injury. Not only do you get kicked out of the most beautiful place in the world, but then there's a really massive Old Testament, totally buff angel with a flaming sword guarding the tree of life. This ain't no cherub. This is, this is a fearful kind of guy. Okay? And, uh, and they lived apart from that tree. The reason is because if they had eaten of that tree of life, while they were still fallen in their sin, they would forever be stuck in sin separated from God. The most loving thing that God the Father did for his children, Adam and Eve, was to send them away from that tree of life until things could be made right through Jesus Christ the Son. And if you read in Revelation, access to the tree of life is granted to children of God. Isn't that good news, right? We have a God who plays the long game with us, okay? He will not give up because he loves us. Now, fathers are made in the image of God, okay? And I want to read to you a scripture. I'm going to throw it up on the screen for you. It's just one short scripture for us this morning. It's found in the Psalms. Psalm chapter 10, if you want to flip there and stand. Psalm chapter 10. That's it. I should hear Bible flipping. Psalm chapter 10. And we're going to start in verse 16. 
And if you have a digital Bible, I won't hear flipping, so that's okay. Psalm chapter 10, verse 16. And this is a picture of God the Father. And if it's a picture of God the Father, then it's a picture of how fathers are uniquely made in his image. And it says this, starting in verse 16. The Lord is king forever and ever, and the nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted, and you will strengthen their heart because you incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed. Isn't that good news? To do justice to the fatherless. God is a father who seeks to do justice for those who do not have fathers. And we need a father this morning. Amen? Amen. And God is our father, and he's going to reveal to us the heart of fatherhood. Y'all may have a seat. I want to dig into this verse a little bit. You hear the desire of the afflicted, and you strengthen their heart, and you incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed. Now, fatherhood is about being present. Okay? Fatherhood is about being present. If there's one thing about God the Father that we recognize, it's about his presence. He is omnipresent, to use the fancy term. He is always there, right? When you were a kid, were there some times you were glad your dad wasn't watching what you were doing, right? One time when Addie was really little, she was probably two and a half, maybe? Shelly would know better. I'm guessing two and a half or three. And I was sitting on the couch, and she turned to me, and she said, Dad, don't look at me right now. And I'm like, why not? Pure honesty. She goes, I'm going to see something, or I'm going to do something, and I don't want you to see it because I'll get in trouble. <laughs> and I couldn't not laugh because of just the brash honesty that was, don't, I'm about to sin, don't look at me, right? But as people, we do that sometimes, and we think that God doesn't see some of the things that we do, but he is always present, right? So there's, there's no like, hey, God, don't look at what I'm about to do. I'm just, I'm going to stand here right in your presence, and I'm going to ask you not to look at what I do right now. And God, I think he chuckles because he's like, really? I mean, like, you know, okay, I mean, like, it's not going to work for you, but I'm still here sitting. I was literally sitting like inches from her, and she, she was still going to do what she was going to do, and so we did that and had a conversation. It was great. You know, we learned from the process, right? Fathers are, are present, and God wants us to know that there is something um, – Go backwards. About the word here, that means present. Um, to hear someone means two things. One, it can mean you literally let the sound waves bounce off your eardrums, right? That's the technical definition of hearing, right? So if you lose your hearing, it means for some reason the sound isn't getting in the ear and through the audio canal and all the brainy parts and stuff, and it's not working right, mechanically. But the definition of to hear in this verse is an idea of being present. It means not only is the audio getting in, but I'm processing what is being said. I'm relating to what is being said. I'm identifying with what is being said. I'm sitting here with you in that moment. Like, you guys ever just have a moment where you spill your heart out to somebody, and they don't say anything. They just listen to you, right? And they might put their arm around your shoulder, or they might, you know, say, I'm, I, I hear what you're saying. 
and there's validity in what you're saying. It could be anything, good, bad, in between. But to be heard is significant, is it not? To express yourself and be heard and known is significant. God says, listen, I hear and I know the concerns of your heart, right? And he demonstrated this in a lot of ways. Jesus was this example for us, right? Because we were struggling to understand who God was. God said, I'm going to send Jesus to be the tangible with them present experience. And look at what Jesus did. He came in person, right? He was present. And then he listened to people. His first instinct was to listen to people. Think about the woman at the well, right? He didn't do a lot of preaching. He asked some questions, and then he let her talk. And she told a story about her life and her family and how people didn't like her and how she made some choices, and he listened. And he offered her what? Living water, right? Forgiveness, hope, right? He listened to the blind beggar. There was a parade one day, and he was going through town. There were lots of people, and there was this guy named Bartimaeus on the side of the road, blind Bart. And everybody was shouting the name of Jesus. But blind Bart said, son of David, son of David. He used a slightly different name. Jesus, son of David. It's kingship title. And out of all of that chaos, Jesus stopped and he said, someone's called my name. Someone knows who I am. I'm going to go with that person right now. And he sat down on the side of the road with blind bark and he listened and he healed. There's something really real about God the Father because he enters into our life and he listens to us. And then he, the next thing that we read in that verse, heard the desire of the afflicted and strengthened their heart. The woman at the well, he gave her living water, salvation. She went back so excited, totally changed because of the encouragement that God gave her simply by listening. Fatherhood is about being present. It's about hearing the concerns of the heart. It might not be about doing, dads, and this is where we struggle. Like, we want to do. We want to fix. We want to make it right. And God says, I have uniquely enabled you to sit patiently and hear your children. Hear who they are and where they are and their desires. And then to encourage them. This is important. Um, Paul calls God the God of endurance and the God of encouragement in Romans 15. He is the God of encouragement. He is the father of encouragement. We don't know encouragement except for from God. He has um, this immense amount in God's character of encouragement, and it never runs out. So when you share your heart with God, and he listens to you, and then he encourages you, he will never be able to stop encouraging you. There's never, you ever feel like you're a broken record? in something in life and you're like I just can't I just have to I'm struggle I'm stuck and you wonder if you're going to wear the ear out of people around you right you can't wear God's ear out right it says over and over and over and over and over and over in the psalms 
He inclines his ear towards us. He inclines his ear towards our plea. And if he is Father God, then fathers, we are uniquely able to incline our ear towards our children and encourage them for the journey. Um, Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was about to be betrayed, right? And he went to go pray. He went to go talk to his dad. He went to go uh, speak his heart and his mind um, because uh, he was going to share the desire of his afflicted heart with God the Father. His dad. He wanted to go talk to his dad. And as he was praying, um, he said, I really I don't want to do this. Uh, if there's any other way, God, Dad, Papa, if there's any other way I can get out of this, I would love that. Uh, but I want your will, not mine. And there's this beautiful picture of submission to the Father. Right? And this is when God heard Jesus heard the angst, saw his son sweating drops of blood, right? And said, I know life is tough, son. I, this is not easy, my boy, but I want to encourage you to live for the glory of God and to do what is right and righteous, and I'm going to encourage you and strengthen you for this journey that is in front of you. You ever had a pep talk from your dad? <laughs> Bobby get a lot of those? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's phrased in, and you know, you got to just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? You got to get that encouraging shot in the arm. And dads are really good at, let's just do it. Come on, get, pick up yourself up and let's just do it. Um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, there was a really tender kind of conversation with Jesus. He heard the heart of the afflicted. And he entered into that, and he said, I know this is rough, but I'm going to walk with you the entire way. You still got to do it, but I will be with you and encourage you every step of the way. And that was good, because he strengthened Jesus to do what needed to be done. But what about us? Um, God promised through Jesus that he would send a helper, right? That he would send a helper for his children, the Holy Spirit. And what's the purpose of this helper from God the Father? Anybody? To encourage us. It says in Scripture that the Holy Spirit will encourage us and strengthen us and even chastise us, right? So that we can live lives that are pleasing for God. That we might be refined into the image of God the Father. And fathers have this unique opportunity to speak into their lives of their children, to strengthen them for life through the peaks and the valleys, right? And to do it with this tender heart that God has. Um, in scripture, it says that God demonstrated his love for them. While they were still sinning, he died for them, right? So that means God the Father saw all of the horrible things that his children were doing, and instead of horrible, horrible wrath on his children, he poured out all of that wrath on Jesus, and he gave all of his children grace and unconditional love. If that is the heart of God the Father, that is also the heart of our earthly fathers. That is how he has crafted us to be, to pour out this unconditional love on children. Now, um, if fatherhood is about being present, right, hearing, being with, compassionately loving. Fatherhood is also about adoption. Now, in the motherhood message, I talked about how mothers without children are to stretch their tents, right? 
But that, that doesn't work unless the mothers and the fathers work together. And I think God knows what he's doing when he tells women to stretch their tent and he tells men, listen, I've created you to be an adopter. I think there's something really big that God is doing when he's talking about his family. God in scripture is called the father of the fatherless. Father of the fatherless. And for the record, we were all without God the Father for a point in time in our life. We were spiritually fatherless and he adopted us. God's heart is that no human being would go without knowing his love. That no human being would go without knowing the Father's love, which is why so many parables focus on this fatherly love, right? The shepherd looking for that one lost sheep, that's fatherly, right? My sheep is lost. I must go find my sheep. Um, the prodigal son, right? And the scriptures tell us that the, the, the father didn't stay put in his house, but that he went out looking for his son. And when he saw his son, he went running towards his son, wrapped his arms around his son, brought his son back into the house and loved his son, right? He was present with his son. God the Father is constantly looking to bring people into his family and love them unconditionally. And he does that through adoption. He does that through adopting people. Now, in Ephesians, see Ephesians 1, very first chapter, it says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless in him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he's blessed us in the beloved Christ. And then Paul talks about it in Romans as well. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs with God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him for the glory of God. God takes wayward people that were made in his image but have jumped in the bush, right? And he takes those wayward people with broken lives and broken hearts and he grabs them back up in his arms and he says, you got a little muddy in the world, right? You got a little bit of dirt on you. That's not who you are. I love you. Come and let me clean you up. Sit at my banquet table and feast with me because you're part of my family. And this is where the justice part comes in of this verse. Do you remember the verse that we read early on? You hear the desires of the afflicted. You're present there. And you'll strengthen their heart. You're going to encourage them to live a life for you. And you will incline their e your ear to do justice to the Father. So God did that because we were fatherless and he did justice for us. And justice is that he sent his son to die for the sins, our sins, your sins, my sins, 
of the world. And we received grace and Christ received the wrath. And that's unfair for him, but it is just in God's kingdom. Right? That's hard math to wrestle with, right? This is where justice comes in. Fathers are to do justice for the fatherless. Certainly for your own children, right? But for the fatherless as well. Meaning men, ye, all men, married, single, doesn't matter. You have a unique calling from God to father. Whether or not you have biological children. There are countless opportunities in this world that God has provided for you to father, to be present with someone, to encourage someone, to unconditionally love someone towards Christ, right? Because God's whole purpose as a father is to bring people into the kingdom. And so as he's crafted you as fathers, as men, part of you, in deeply within you, is made to lovingly hear people and then encourage them to live a life that pleases God. To draw people towards Christ through your fatherly example of unconditional love. And this is something you are uniquely gifted to do. To be present and to father the fatherless. So what does doing justice for the fatherless look like? With mothers, we talked about stretching your tent, right? Increasing the space of your house and maybe bringing people in. It might be there's a person in your life that you go, they just need some extra love. I can be present with them, wrap my arms around them and encourage them. It might be that you go, well, I'm gonna sponsor a kid overseas, right? We just did the sponsored children emphasis and we still got kids that need to be sponsored. You might not ever meet that kid, but you can open your arms and your life and your heart and you can send letters and you can hear them and you can encourage them and you can do justice for the fatherless. It might be that you think, well, I got an extra room, I might as well adopt a kid because I've got space and I've got love and God has called me to do something significant, maybe that's what it is. There are plenty of ways to do justice for the fatherless. Christ has done justice for us. We were once fatherless and we are now wrapped up into the family of God. As we close out our time with prayer, um, I think we need to make some responses. First, we gotta thank God for our dads. Uh, good or bad, we have dads and we wouldn't be here without them, right? So we should thank God for our dad. And in that Thanksgiving prayer, if our dad is not the dad that we had hoped, let's lay that before God and allow him to hear us and work in us and work in our dads, right? We should be praying for fathers. That's all the men. We should be praying for the young men in this church that are gonna grow up one day to be single for the glory of God or to be married for the glory of God, whatever it is that God has called them to. They are uniquely called to be fathers at some point to someone to a younger brother, to a classmate, to encourage. And men, we are to seek opportunities before God on our knees to father. How can we be a father to those around us? To unconditionally love, to hear, to encourage, 
and to wrap people up in the love of Christ. Now, I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. The altar is always open. The prayer wall is always open to post your prayers at. And if last week you did not get the opportunity to come interact with this cross, I'll tell you again how to interact with it. We talk about God adopting us into his family. And this cross represents everything that Christ did for us. Died in our place for our sins on the cross to give us new life and a hope and a family. Um, If you have entered into God's family through Christ, you've received salvation and the forgiveness of your sins, and you haven't yet put a nail on this side of the cross to represent your life connected to Christ, and a string connected to the cross to represent that you are willing to be obedient to God and to go where he leads you and to be a disciple, then at some point, anytime we're singing during worship, you just come right up and you grab a nail and a hammer and you put it in, you connect that string, and you recognize that you are part of the family of God. We are all connected to God through Christ. But this goes even further. If you're willing to father someone, um, if you willing to submit to Christ and say, I know that God's asked me to father. Whether you're a man or a woman, I know that God has asked me to lead someone to the Lord, to encourage them to walk in ways that are holy. Then put a nail on this side that's representative of your willingness to pray and seek and find those opportunities. And when you do get a chance to lead someone to the Lord, we'll take a string and connect that And hopefully soon we'll see God's family increase through adoption, right? So that's a way you can respond to God this morning. And if you've never given your heart to Christ this morning, I would be remiss on Father's Day not to give you the opportunity to hear the gospel and to respond in faith. The gospel is this. God loves you. He made you. He's asked you to live according to his love. But when we violated that love, we've sinned. And when we've sinned, we've become separated from God. But God doesn't want us to be separated from him. And so he sent his son into the world to bear the penalty of death for your sin and your separation, to close the gap between you and him. And Jesus didn't stay dead. They buried him, and three days later, he rose again. And scripture tells us that he offers us life and adoption. We get to be the brother of Jesus and the son of God, or the daughter of God. And he offers that to you freely this morning. And it says in scripture, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not heights, nor depths, nor angels, nor rulers, nor demons, nor principalities. I'm getting the order all wrong. But nothing in all of creation can separate you from the adoptive fatherly, I will wrap you in my arms and be with you forever kind of love. And if you have never experienced that on earth before, You need to know that God loves you and that he wants to adopt you this morning. You can have a father this morning that will love you and encourage you. You can have a family of brothers and sisters that will love you and encourage you. And so we're going to close our eyes and pray. (coughs) Eyes closed and heads bowed. If there's anyone in this room this morning that wants to give their heart to Christ, to submit to God and become adopted children for the first time, you just flicker your hand in the air so that I can see that? All right, thank you. And if there's anyone in this room that says, I want to remember what it's like to be a child of God. I 
want to know that love afresh again. I want them to hear the desire of my heart and I want them to be with me. Would you just flicker your hand in the air? Lord, we give our hearts to you this morning. We worship you because you are a big and good father. We submit our lives to you. We'll allow you to speak to us, to chastise us, to encourage us. And we thank you for the fathers in our life. We pray that they would be encouraged by your Holy Spirit this morning. That you would strengthen them to be good dads who love and who hear and who do justice for the fatherless. Craft us in your image this morning as we worship you in spirit and in truth. And we pray this in your name.